0: Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018 and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Security is offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you film it,
1: he will come. It's the City on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. I throw balls far. You want
0: good words? Data language
1: Talk real sports with a real man.
0: Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40!
2: And now, here's
1: the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny-Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP! Good Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal. It's a Garrison Financial Friday. Scotty G will not be with us, but we'll tell you all about Garrison Financial as we move along throughout the show. I'm assuming he'll be back next week, and I'm positive the topic will be golf courses and food in the DFW Metroplex area. Costs. Because that's bargains. where he's at now? Yes, he's in meetings down at the Gaylord.
2: So is he going to play? So Okay, I know the area. Is he going to play the Dallas Cowboys? He
1: asked me for golf course recommendations yeah. on, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Dallas Cowboys Club, the Cowboys Club was the one closest. Right down the I, road, yeah. I also um, – you remember when uh, – it's been a while back, five years, six years or so, but uh, th- there was a guy in town that sold the mobile homes – out there on the curve, going to Swales Edition, like toward TTS. I know you know where this is. Yes, of course. On the right yes, hand yes, side, yes, yes. Uh, Wayne Allen. He was from Grapevine. That's where he came from. Oh, and so he he always told me how nice the city courses are at Grapevine, and, and, and you look them up, uh, they look pretty sweet. So well, that
2: I, makes sense. Grapevine's a pretty nice area. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I,
1: I told uh, I told Scott about the kind of those are the ones that I knew something about. Yeah. So we'll see what he comes. He. He claimed he was going to wear a Steelers jersey at Cowboys Club, so we'll see how that goes. Well, do
2: you think he will after last night?
1: Uh, hopefully, he played yesterday afternoon.
2: I, oh, okay, get ahead of it. I get see. Get ahead, yeah, Okay.
1: Of uh, of what's going oh, on? That's fine. But we'll hear we'll hear from him. He'll be in studio next week. I will tell you all about Garrison Financial as we move along throughout the show. What have you got planned? I don't know. Let's see what's uh, going on with your weekend plans. Also, called plenty of college football talk. Uh, with the Big 12 Conference really getting rolling this week, a big win out of conference last night. Enter what? Enter West Virginia into Virginia Tech is what was entered last night. Just a huge win for oh, you the Mountaineers. Um, OU Kansas State, break down the game. What concerns you uh, from the Oklahoma's perspective of what Kansas State can do? Who do you want to see show out uh, for the Sooners to win? Uh, how has Oklahoma looked versus your preseason expectations of what they would be? And then, of course, games from around the country. Uh, What what excites you on the college football platter this week. Got all kinds of small school district results in fast-pitch softball, fall baseball. Got the high school football schedule tonight. And then also, I was so pleased to flip on the TV last night and see all of a sudden Fox has a baseball game of the week on a Thursday night. Is that a thing? Or was that just a brand-new thing because of what was going on? But either way... Good to see some coverage of uh, the Aaron uh, Aaron Judge home run chase, and even a, a, a special nugget there as well that we can talk about. Okay, that's what we got on our mind. Uh, feel free to chime in. I've also got a an update on the junior Elks coming up. The junior the seventh Elks. grade junior Elks. Junior Elks. Been good so far. We'll tell you what happened last night. Two football. two five football. Right. Yeah, football. Yeah. Two two five nine six. 9-8 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to KADSAM.com, download the app. The app's got it all. Three radio stations, the Penny News, Big Elk TV, Paragon TV. We'll tell you what's going to be happening on Paragon TV tonight uh, with some high school football. And then the Skitty on Sports podcast, iTunes and kadsam.com. If you miss the show entirely, you go back and check us out right there at your own leisure. Good morning, Jared. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? I'm
2: I'm really good.
1: I got to tell you, I really got a little good. chilly last night.
2: Didn't it? I, I'm glad I took a. We had games last night, and I started in shorts and a t shirt, and I took some sleeves thinking I won't need this, and I needed it. It's a little chilly.
1: Yeah, wife and I went out, and we're going to play nine holes of golf. We got about three in and decided, you know what, yeah. never mind. Forget that. Yeah, I'm out on that deal. Yeah,
2: it's that time of year. Man, how how crazy is it? First day of fall, and then we get fall-like weather, just like a light switch.
1: And maybe all next Last week. Last day of
2: summer, we had summer-like weather. Yeah,
1: <laughs> turns out we're going to have summer the next couple of days. But then yeah. it looks like maybe some
2: fall I think is we'll going to be upon us. I think we'll have a nice week. I got to – we can't move on. I got to give a big – Big shout out! I've done an, enough shouting out to uh, my oldest, Katie. I got to give a big shout out to my youngest, James, who hit her first home run last
1: oh, night. Oh yeah, she looked prepared. She when I saw her walk in last yeah, at the end of the day yesterday, she looked totally focused. You know how I know? She actually stood there at the at the door of my office and didn't go running away. <laughs> yeah, well, so she she's yeah. already her mind was already focused on something else. Sure, yeah, that's it. But Not that uh, scary guy in the chair. <laughs>
2: She was dressed and ready to go. I had to go pick her up from school yesterday and uh, swung by the house and said, Hey, let's just go ahead and get changed here. And, and she, I could do it, Dad. I could do it, I could put my belt on myself. You should have to help her with the mm-hmm. belt. She's, and I give her credit. I was real nervous starting then or beginning this season. And then she goes up there. I'll tell you this she goes up there swing for the fence every time. Now, does she make contact? Sometimes. And when she does, does it go to the fence? Not really. Maybe, maybe <laughs> barely past the pitcher, but she does get around, and every time she makes contact with fair play, it's on the left side. Last night she did that. A couple overthrows later, she's crossing home plate. So awesome. By a definition of 8U, that's a home that run. That is,
1: a, There's <laughs> no doubt about that. You get a sticker for that, and she <laughs>
2: was ecstatic, and everyone was. It was fun. It was it was real fun.
1: Yeah, if you hit the ball and don't stop till you touch home plate, I don't care what happens, <laughs> that's a home run. That's a home run. In 8U, <laughs> there's no that's doubt. That's right. So congratulations to James. Uh, what do you? Uh, let's go through the the small school fast pitch and fall baseball Cap. results from yesterday. Also, I've got some four uh, A district results as well as that thing's just about wrapped up. One more game remaining that does matter. I uh, will start in uh, with fast pitch in Class A. Rappo Butler moving on with two easy wins over Burns Flat, Dill City, twelve nothing and eleven to one. in that same boat. Uh, as they just hammered Thomas twelve to nothing and forty to one, Sealing gets three wins and they're headed on. They beat uh, Cherokee five to nothing. They beat Ringwood uh, twenty two to nothing. Ringwood beat Cherokee six two. So then Sealing came back and beat Ringwood thirteen to five. So they're moving on. Morelands uh, headed to regionals as well. Eleven nothing and seventeen one over Laverne. I only could find two Hollis scores and I didn't find a Snyder-Cheyenne score. So I don't know if that's going to continue today. I figured they'd wrap these all up in one day. But uh, Hollis did win twice, from what I could tell. 16-6 to over Snyder, 7-4 to against Cheyenne. So that'd mean whoever wins, Cheyenne or Aiden Snyder, uh, wouldn't have to beat Hollis twice. Hydro Weekly's uh, into the uh, regional tournament. Two wins over Turpin by an identical twelve-two score that always kind of gives me pa- <clears throat> excuse me gives me pause on the rankings website that maybe the same game got put in there twice. Yeah, yeah. But I did find a Turpin O'Keen score, uh, Turpin beat O'Keen twelve nothing. Hydro beat O'Keen eleven to one. So maybe that uh, uh, those are those are correct Legit, and, yeah. and Hydro's moving on to the next round. Oh, here we go. I knew I could get some Hollis love right here. Just a second, let me pull this up. Hollis plays Cheyenne at ten. There you go. Okay, so and uh, Hollis had to be beaten twice by Cheyenne to uh, not make it into regionals. Class B, you got Arnett moving on to regionals. They beat Beaver fourteen nothing, Boise City thirteen nothing, and uh, nineteen to three. View Godibo is kind of the same thing that I found with Hollis. They won twice: twelve nothing against uh, Fort Cobb, thirteen nothing against Geary. Fort Cobb beat Geary thirteen uh, to one. So that I would assume then that means Mountain View Godibo and Fort Cobb Roxton would be going. Oh, here we go. Uh, da-da-da. that's something different. All right. Uh, anyhow, Mountview go to go Fort Cobb would be the final there. Sentinel beat Granite ten to one. Chattanooga eleven to two. Let's see. Da-da-da-da-da. That is all of the softball because of course Leedy moved on the day before. Lakeba Sigels moved on the day before, and Hammond moved on on Wednesday. So then, Class A fall baseball. Now, I'm trying to remember the fall and the spring. It's a little bit different, but in the in the fall. You still have to win district to get to regionals. Then from regionals, two teams move on to state, right? In softball. No, no, I'm talking about baseball. baseball. Fall baseball. Yes, yes, that's right. That's you have to win district, but then if you, but then you, two teams go to state out of regionals, correct? I believe you are correct. I I think there's 16 districts, which would mean four four team regionals, which would mean what we're talking about, right? To get to eight. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm pretty sure that's right. You're
2: all right. You are right. Well, I mean, it is. Anyhow, I will. I'm positive I, uh, that's correct. Will conf- I will confirm. Just with the
1: numbers. Uh, yeah. You come from, you know, you'll have 16 in regionals, which means four four team regionals, which means if only one team makes it, you only have four. Only have four yeah, so, yeah. So I'm to positive it. that's correct. I'm pretty sure you're right. So, Arapo Butler is uh, needing to get some wins today. They knocked off Santa Fe South 13 nothing. They lost a heartbreaker to Ladd, 11 to 10 uh, in extra innings. Then Fletcher beat Santa Fe South. So a repo Butler had to be Fletcher uh, and then Latta twice to be able to move on to the regional tournament. Canute uh, won twice yesterday beating Blair 17-0 and Sentinel 9-1. <clears throat> Cheyenne Raiden beat Blair uh, 8-0. So you're going to have Cheyenne Raiden and Sentinel playing this afternoon for the chance to try to beat Canute twice to move on to the regional tournament. Uh, Bing is up in Visai. They won twice yesterday, 11 to. Two against Fargo Gauge Fort Supply, three to one against Visai. So sure Visai has to play Fargo. Winner has to beat Bing twice. They're in Class A fall baseball. Class B from up in Ham, uh, excuse me, up in Leedy yesterday. Hammond beat Allen Cleo Cleo nine to one. Leedy beat Hammond 12-8. Leedy beat Allen Cleo 12 to nothing. So that sets up the district finals between Leedy and Hammond at 4.30. If Hammond were to win, they'd have to beat Leedy twice. Uh, and then it looks like Fort Cobb-Broxton, they just finished her out yesterday. They beat Cement tw- uh, 20 to nothing. They beat Arnett 18 to nothing. And then they beat Arnett again 11 to nothing. So at some point there, Arnett beat Cement, and Fort Cobb uh, went ahead and advanced into the state tournament. There's some others. I just couldn't find scores. Maybe Granite and them start today. So uh, that's kind of the wrap-up of the small school district tournaments in fast-pitch softball and fall baseball. No real surprises. Uh Heck, we talked about it. repo Butler looked like they had the got the tough end of the draw having to go to Latta, almost got themselves in the driver's seat, but now a tough road back a hoe to beat Fletcher and then twice against uh, Latta.
2: Yeah, that is a tough out for them, tough out for them. But everything else is pretty much happening as uh, what we thought that would. Some more yeah. games today and um, then next week on the
1: regional. And then also in 4A, the district is just about complete. The district champion has been crowned. Weatherford beat Anadarko yesterday, 13 to three. So Weatherford is the district champion, losing only one district game. That was to Tuttle. Tuttle ends up second with two losses in the district. Elk City shut out Clinton 10 nothing uh, to secure their spot in third. Cash beat Woodward 5-2, so Cash is fourth. But those those last two scores, and listen, that Elk City uh, the Elk City Clinton game was two nothing in the bottom of the fourth. The red uh, the Lady Reds were doing what they had to do, even in a loss. At that point, mm. and then the Elkettes just uh, exploded in the last two innings to end up run-ruling Clinton 10 nothing. So Clinton ends the uh, district schedule at 3-9. and nine. Woodward's 2-9. and nine, But Woodward still gets to play Anadarko. Anadarko ah. has not won yeah. a district game just yet. And when you look at the point, the, the run differentials, which is the tiebreaker in the districts, because those two split – it's four. It's a four-run differential right now. Clinton minus fifty-five, Woodward minus fifty-nine. So, in order for the red, Tor- the Lady Reds, to move on to that play-in series um, to try to get into regionals, they need either Woodward to lose, or Woodward to lose or to win by three runs. Not a great situation mm. if you are the Lady Reds. No, no,
2: no, not a not a good one. Right not there.
1: a great, not not a great deal. Be just because of uh, when you look at the results now. Here's the here's a little silver lining in that black cloud. Hmm. The first time Woodward played Anadarko, at Woodward, score was seven to five. Oh, there you go. So that exact there, same there game, yeah. the Lady Reds are moving on into a play-in, yeah, se- into a play-in series. Uh, but and and also Elk City avoids the play-in series, finishing third, uh, one game ahead of Cash. So that wraps up the four A one fast pitch softball district. It looks like. The Elkettes will head down to Lone Grove. Lone Grove ten and one leading the district. And they play uh, Sulfur, who is fifth at four and seven. So you figure Lone Grove probably wins that. Even if they lose, they'd have to lose by five runs. Chances of that probably not probably not great. So looks like Lone Grove will be where Elk City's headed in the uh, regionals for fast pitch. They soft. can
2: navigate that. I think that'd be
1: fun. I think you'd rather be there than Tecumseh, maybe. Sure. Yeah. What's all what happened last year there oh yeah
2: go to a place yeah you don't want to go back to the place to the scene of the crimes so, I mean, some could say that could be a, a motivating thing but so yeah just avoid it altogether go down somewhere and and know that you're the better team and i think they are
1: all right. In high By school, the
2: way, shout out to the senior night stuff last night. Uh, that was really hard to coach a game when everybody was going crazy across the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tell these girls what to do, and all of a sudden, rah, uh-huh. you hear all these noisemakers. And
1: <laughs> there's a whole bunch of them out there. And
2: when you got five and six year olds looking, what, what what's going on? Wide eyed, looking across, like girls, we got a game here.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but their game looks more fun. <laughs> yeah, it sounded a lot
2: of, like a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: Uh, What are you looking forward to tonight on the high school football gridiron?
2: Everything 4A1 just uh, because it's opening district play to see what, you know, kind of give us a clearer picture of what we think, uh, how it could shake out. Um, I think we know what's going to happen at John Marshall with Clinton visiting. I believe they play at Taft Stadium. I think that's where they play. That's kind of cool. Weatherford at Chickasha, Cash (coughs) at Woodward. We think we know what's going to happen in those games, but... How many how many times in opening district play we go, huh, look at that. Look what happened there. So keeping an eye on those games. Um, Tuttle at Bethany, I think, is the game of the, it's of number the week. number two game and, of the week yeah, it's according least, to the Oklahoma. At least yeah. game of the week in 4A. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, you talk about district deciders, that could be it right there between t- Tuttle and Bethany. That's a tough district, 4A, too. And then our local schools, we'll talk about you know Merritt and, and Hollis, Merritt up at Moreland. A lot of people like them. I know the Oklahoman picked them to win that one. That's a tough place to go to up there at Moreland, right there next to the train track. And Hollis at Surreal. Is Hollis the real deal after thumping Mountain View last week, or was Mountain View, Are they just did they lose a lot from that team that was really good last year? So we'll see if Hollis can keep it rolling at Surreal. And speaking of Mountain View, do they bounce back at Ryan? I'm going to kind of watch that one too. Just keep my eyes on the that
1: The fighting one. Sean Hams down at Ryan.
2: The, oh, okay. I didn't know that. I, I <laughs> did not know that. So those are the games I'm looking for. How about you? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm. I, I think we. I think we know what's going to happen. Clinton and John Marshall. But uh, I was. I was actually. If you you tune in to Cool 94 tonight after 11 and Friday Night Finals, uh, we noticed last week coming home uh, from our game trying to make sure we had it on the air yeah, <laughs> with yeah. Friday Night Finals. You know, uh, from 10 to 11 is is the the usual. What your you know scores. normal the scores yeah. and and recapping of the games, the the reports that we call in, and that kind of stuff. But then after that, they had some interviews from around the state. It Mm -hmm. it was coaches last week. Well, uh, they asked me to come on and and talk about Elk City and 4A1, so I I, I did that yesterday, kind of pre-recorded that. Oh, okay. But, you know, obviously the question to me – A little plug there, I like it. Well, yeah, listen, 11 o'clock and cool 94, you get some Ah, good stuff. I'm tuning in. Uh, So anyhow, the the question was posed about the district, and – you know, we talked coming home last week. How strong is this district? Is it, is it a little down?
2: Is it top heavy? Is, or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I
1: mean, you, you feel—that's why you feel like um, the top two are, are Elk City and Clinton in some order, just because of of what they've done in the non district. But at the same time, you know, the the feeling—at least the feeling I've had before—really kind of looking was, gosh, is the is it a little bit down? Is is the district a little bit kind of down? Here's the thing that you'll notice. Everybody in this district really challenged themselves yeah. in non-district play. There, nobody, we kind of
2: talked about that on the way home. That's yeah. right.
1: I mean, you start with, you know, obviously Elk City played a couple of really good teams in Carl Albert and in Canadian Texas. So did Chickasha. And in a, in a lot of these, the, the schools in 4A1 played up. But when they didn't play up, they played a really good team down. So you know El Reno a five a, but then they also played Marlow. They're they're the defending two a champs. You know Clinton obviously with playing up against McGinnis, playing down against Kingfisher and, and Heritage Hall, a couple of top ten, top five teams in three a. Mm-hmm. Cash went up twice with Elgin and Altus, and when they stayed the same, when they stayed in four a, they played Tuttle. Weatherford went up to El Reno, up to Elgin, down to an, a good Kingfisher team. John Marshall's, I mean, my gosh, Bethany. And Heritage Hall, and then also Lott & Mack, and then Woodward maybe had the toughest non-district schedule of them all, going up with 5A top 10, or top 5 I think now, Guthrie, and then staying in 4A with two top 10 teams in Bethany and Newcastle. So I, I, I'm interested to see how these teams compare with each other. You know, they've, they've really all challenged themselves uh-huh. in the non-district, and so I, I don't think there's – You know, usually you see maybe an inflated record and you're going, huh, no way that team's that good. I wonder if it's almost the opposite here where you're looking going, man, what's wrong with Woodward? Man, what's wrong with John Marshall? Maybe they just challenged themselves so much in the non-district where those games and playing those games might prove really smart once they get into district play.
2: Yeah, that was – kind of talking our way through it on the way home and then thinking about it. You're right. We, we Man, maybe 4A1 is down, but you look at the schedule and what have we been saying about the Elk City schedule? You don't get better by playing, beating up on, on teams that are rebuilding or, or obviously inferior to you. You get better by, you know, iron sharpens iron. You get better by playing those teams. And you're right. Everyone in 4A has done that. I was comparing, you know, okay, what Clinton's played, these teams, you know, they took a took a thumping from McGinnis. Well, well so you took a thumping from Carl Albert. I mean, how their their schedules are kind of mirroring each other. Yeah. And so I, and talking on the way home, even after that loss, fresh on our mind, I was still well. I'm really excited about Clinton coming to town next week. And you know, now I'm really excited after you say this, seeing, you know, kind of like what I said. You know, I'm going to keep an eye on all these other four a one games tonight. And we think we know, right? We think we know. You know, Weatherford at Chickasaw. I mean, Chickasaw might uh, beat Weatherford. Well, Weatherford played some tough teams, and they got some talent on that team. They could go down there and, and beat the fighting chicks. You know, Cash at Woodward. We think Woodward might be the cellar dweller, but then I mean, you're making a good point where they they've played some teams, and 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 I could see, and that's a long trip for Cash. So it's going to be interesting. We think we know, but I think we're about to find out.
1: Yeah, that that's how does the middle if. if if Elk City and Clinton are the, the two best, which it seems like it, but who knows once they play each other. But then who steps forward uh, to claim those last two playoff spots or, or even uh, gets himself up into the race for the, for the district title? I mean, I, I don't think there, there's – to me, there's not a clear best team in this district like there was last year. Now, having said that, it's Clinton to win until they don't. I mean, I'm almost positive that the Elks haven't won a district title since 1998. So, you know, it's hard to it's hard to just fire them up there as the favorite right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like in any sport, in any standings, you gotta knock knock off the. That's right. The champ before you're even you know. So that's that's. You got to beat the champ to be the champ. Uh,
1: In Class A, you mentioned Merritt headed up to Moreland. This is interesting to me to see what uh, what both Merritt and Moreland have. Moreland's 0-3. Lost all their non-district games. And every one of them were one-score games. 7-0 to Crescent, 14-6 to Minko, which is a very similar score of what, you know, If you, you can't really do transitive property, but if you want to try, and I think you can more in high school football than you can in anything else. Minko beat Merritt 20-7. to They beat... Uh, Moreland 14-6. to six. So, you know, very similar. And I know Minko scored one under a minute left last week to, to change that from being almost the identical score. And then Pawnee beat them 22-14. to 14. Uh, It feels like Merritt's coming along. Um, you know, they got thumped by, by Hinton to start the season. Hinton's proven to be a pretty good team in Class A, no doubt about that. So this is a, the first kind of test. And, uh, you know, this is another one where if you just look at the non-district – it looks like Burns Flat and Fairview. Fairview for sure. Mm-hmm. And then who comes out of the scrum in the middle? I wouldn't put it past Hooker to be a team that uh, is fighting for the district title. They they get Fairview right off the bat. Have to go up to Fairview today or, or come down to Fairview, I guess, for them, which is hard to say, but from where we live. <laughs> uh, I You know, that there's, there's just a, a lot of these, <clears throat> and it does feel like in all classes, you're starting to see teams play non-district schedules in order to prepare themselves for district play versus, hey, let's have a shiny record.
2: Yeah, yeah. That I, I've always liked Hooker. I like Coach uh, Powers ever since he was here at Sayre and, and going up there, going back to his home. I'm ready for him to see him. I mean, he hasn't got that title yet, but he's gotten close, and that's a tough matchup against Fairview. A lot of people like Fairview this year. So we'll see uh, how they match up. That could be – I'm going to put that on my list, too, to keep an
1: eye on. And, of course, uh, right here on Paragon TV as well, you've got Hollis headed down to Cyril. Uh, Hollis with two blowout wins, one against Wilson, one last week against uh, the defending runner-up in Class C, which is Mount Bugotebo, 46-6. to Sandwiched around an upset of Velma Alma, who at the time was number 5. Now Velma Alma has started out 2-3. and three. On the seat, well, two and two actually, because they put the same game in there twice. Uh, but uh, Hollis has really impressed here to start the season, getting themselves back in to Class B. Uh, they they did it in probably the toughest district across the state when you look at what's there. But uh, the Tigers look like they are more than capable of being right there and ready, ready to go and ready to compete. In class, in Class B's district, yeah,
2: a. Hollis. So far, they—if there is a blueprint on how to break down and rebuild your program, as far as going independent, relaying a foundation, if you will, and then bringing it back up to where they want to be, and then getting back into the OSSA and then playing like they have been. I mean, that's how you do it. That's what Guyman's wanting to do. There's, there's other notable independents that are wanting to do it too. I mean, you know, fine example uh, Western Heights. Right, I mean they're in such shambles with everything, everything, and if someone wants to go in there, go okay. This is what we gotta do. Look what Holl, look what little Hollis is doing out there in Southwest Oklahoma, and what they've done to get back to where they want to be. So, I'm very encouraged with them. I think I don't think they're gonna have a problem tonight in, in Surreal, but Surreal is all the Pirates are always uh, a little tough team, and and that district itself, man. I mean you're traveling all over the place, and there's a lot of people coming to you too if you're Hollis. So, but I don't i mean i didn't know where to put them at the start of the year right because we didn't know anything about them i think we're getting more and more now we're okay they're hollis they have that tradition uh they they've they've won state titles they know how to win they've relearned how to win they are players in that district absolutely
1: yeah and you know their their hand was kind of forced with numbers Yeah, you know the the way that happened over the last decade, uh, winning in Class A, a state title, and then kind of running out of numbers, and then being forced to get back into to eight man, which is I think is a really good fit for them uh, with 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 just their numbers. It it was a necessity, that they they had to get back down uh, to where they are now, and and I I think you're right. I think you see them start to thrive uh, there, even though they are in such a a tough tough district in that B one. With the likes of, I mean the, the the state title is the state title game is in your district, and that doesn't include one of the, the powerhouses in, in Oklahoma high school football history of Shattuck. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh, that's that's where they're at. But uh, yeah, they look more than willing to be able to compete, more than ready to be able to compete. Yeah. All right, that's the high school ranks, man. Lots of stuff going on. You know, it's it's kind of weird. There's all this stuff going on, and we're just going to be chilling.
2: It's very odd. My wife asked, what do you want to do tonight? Honestly, nothing.
1: You don't get many. You definitely don't get Friday nights off in district play. Not really. Unless you played last night. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with some college football talk.
0: Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018 and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Security is offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.
2: The Skinny on Sports. Yeah,
1: coming on. Yeah, welcome back, Skinny on Sports, ninety-eight point one FM, the Sports Animal. On a Garrison Financial Friday, it's a Financial Friday without Scott today. He'll be back next Friday. Full financial planning is what Garrison Financial can do for you. Uh, Scott will shop the open market to bring the best value on life insurance and investments. Shoot him an email at scottsoonerwealth.com or stop by his office, 124 North Main Street, right here in Elk City. We'll tell you all about what else he could do for you as the show continues to roll along. All right, Jared, Big 12 play really kind of ramps up this week um, with the non-district schedules or non-conference schedules for most teams completed. Um, Three of the the more notable games, obviously Oklahoma hosting Kansas State. A little bit of that shine was rubbed off of that matchup when Kansas State lost to Tulane. Baylor at Iowa State and also Texas goes out to Texas Tech. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the OU game first, and then we'll move along to those others. But uh, the Sooners uh, have looked good so far for a majority of the three non-conference games, especially last week uh, as they went up to Lincoln and just drubbed a, a horrible Nebraska team. What do you expect uh, tomorrow, and what maybe concerns you a little bit about the Sooners uh, hosting the Wildcats to open Big Twelve play?
2: Well, you, well K-State's what K State's what won two of the last three against OU, or both those two. Uh, I mean, they. Sh- I mean, it's against a top ten OU team, so kind of similar situations here. Um, K State, I, I I love Kleiman. I think he's a great coach, so they're always going to be well coached. K State's been good about you know, obviously with Snyder and. Uh, you know, and getting here to, to climb, and they've been good about finding some guys. There's there's a little shaky period in there that can coach. He's a good coach. Deuce Vaughn is always going to make me nervous. Um, he is Darren Sproles-esque, short, well-built, and and great vision and, and great speed. Um, so th- those two things make me nervous. And then this kind of has that feeling of what was that two years ago when they lost to a bad Arkansas State team. The week prior, then they turn around, come to Norman and beat OU. They lost to Tulane last week. Were they looking ahead? I don't know. And but I hope that doesn't uh, you know make the. And, and now that was then because that was then under Lincoln Riley. This is Brent Venables um, coaching OU, so it's kind of hard to compare that in my in my opinion. Whole new regime. So is there going to be a whole new focus? So, but all that being said, that that's kind of makes me nervous. Is that I think this is still a very good, capable Kansas State team of coming into Norman and knocking off the Sooners.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that in 2020, <clears throat> Kansas State lost Arkansas State, then won in Norman. 2019, the Wildcats barely beat a five and seven TCU team the week before, upsetting OU in Manhattan. Um. Kansas State defensively, I think it's going to uh, cause the Sooners some problems that they haven't seen yet. When you look back at the Big Twelve, all Big Twelve selections, the first team defense, Kansas State had what three of them? Um, the, the the defensive end I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, he's got about four names. It's like Felix isn't it? Felix something. something. Felix. Yeah. That's how I call him. Yeah. Uh, so K State's defense, I think, it is going to is going to be something that the Sooners haven't seen yet uh, with with the talent that's going to be out there. Um, I don't know that this is the game that Gabriel has to be not perfect, but a lot more accurate. But some of those throws that we saw against Nebraska last week, especially the high ones in the middle of the field where he's missing open guys, those can end up being uh, problematic and maybe even turnovers this week with a better Kansas State defense out there. Uh, You know, you can see the recipe, right? Uh, Kansas State defensively comes out gets kind of a handle on what OU's trying to do, slows them down in the early going. The thing that scares me to death about Deuce Vaughn isn't necessarily handing it off to him in the backfield. It's getting him out in space against linebackers and coverage, and we've seen that from him against OU in the two games that he's played. Uh, you know, that comeback win in Norman in 2020 where Sooners got out to a 21-7 halftime lead. I think it was 35-14 at one point in the, in the second half. But Vaughn out in the open space in the receiving game is what kind of started that thing going, and, you know. And then, of course, uh, we all know what happened. Kansas State comes back from that deficit and wins. So th- those are some things. Adrian Martinez, he- he's almost a little bit scary too because he's been terrible, or or they've been they they haven't had much confidence in him throwing it. Uh, I watched Kleiman's uh, post game or, or, or I guess pregame uh, this week his news conference. And he talked about, you know, the the himself, Colin Klein, the offensive coordinator, really trying to get him to cut it loose. Like, listen, okay, it's great. You, you haven't thrown a pick yet in three games at Kansas State. You're not making some of the mistakes you made at Nebraska. But guess what? You've also only thrown one touchdown pass. Cut it loose. We can handle some mistakes, right? Uh, you know, he, he mentioned and how many times you see it. You throw a bad pass, oh, the guy drops it. On the defense, that's why he's a D back and not and not a uh, wide receiver. You know, the, every time you make a mistake, it isn't always fatal. And, you know, and and we can the defense can pick you up if you do. You know, so it's I think we might see a lot more aggressive Adrian Martinez. Mm-hmm. That could probably, I mean, in his in his past, that can be good or bad uh, for the team that he plays for. Last year, it was really good when he was playing for Nebraska, and and he had a really nice day. Uh, on Owen Field against the Sooners a year ago. So the, this game, the one positive, or I mean, other than being the better team, but one of the positive things for OU is that this game is at 7 o'clock and uh, not 11.
2: I've said that, yes, and I totally agree. I think that's a thing. I think the light show, the under the lights, prime time, fans are, are going to get juiced up, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about tailgating's back on lindsey i mean are you talking about alcohol i'm talking about the alcoholic consumption yeah and and the light i mentioned the lights and then there's the rumor of alternate uniforms which i haven't seen anything of kudos to ou for keeping that under wraps if that is in case if that is in fact true but back to martinez his downfield throwing has been horrendous Uh, i just pulled up his stats here only 304 total yards one touchdown like you mentioned uh I don't know, are they pulling back the reins on the dude, but why would they with their losing to Tulane? Why wouldn't they be more aggressive in play calling? And that it's a chicken egg thing. Is it the play calling? Is it him not wanting to take the risk and too scared to throw an interception or whatnot? I don't know. But if but the thing he has is he can come even in a loss, he can come back to normal and go, you know what, I played good here. I've been in this scenario, I've been in this atmosphere, I've been in this stadium. I'm I I'm okay. So there's that form, but um, but yeah, I mean that's uh, K State always makes me nervous. It always makes me nervous.
1: I think it's interesting because uh, the the reason why is this feels like a or in in the past five years at least, this has been a matchup of athletes and finesse versus power football.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: You know, I heard Todd Furman on with uh, Mark yesterday talking comparing this to Oregon versus Stanford in its heyday a tough, hard-nosed fiscal team in Stanford versus the Flash and speed and skill sure. of Oregon. I think that that is true last year.
2: Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm so leery of doing that, of going, okay, that was the Lincoln-Riley team. This is a Brent Venables team. Because it's just – one. I mean, it hasn't been a full 12-month calendar year yet since Lincoln-Riley's – you know what I mean? But because of the transfer portal and, and all that stuff – you're starting to see the differences, aren't we? Is it too early to say that? we have
1: so far. I mean, all we can do is talk about what we've seen. And what we've seen so far is a lot more hard-nosed physical style out of Oklahoma than, than it ever was under Texas Tech East. Especially on defense.
2: And, and offensively as well. Yeah.
1: You know, you, you, you got guys pushing people around. And now there were times where OU was able to do that. Uh, on, on offense, even though he didn't want it want to. I mean, he, right. uh, you know, Riley was committed to the run. There's no doubt about that. But in, in situations where it was, you know, a mano a mano, your guy against their guy, if he ran it, he always kind of went back to some sort of trickery. I mean, I'll never forget third and two in the first overtime against Georgia. You got Rodney Anderson back there who has run for 220 yards against that vaunted Georgia defense and you run an end-around with Smallwood. What? With, yeah. with, the, with the Joe Moore winning offensive line in front of him. What are you doing? Because it's not in his DNA just to smash somebody in the mouth. Right. I think that's a little bit different what's going on now. We'll see. If, if it does become a fist fight, we'll see if, if the Sooners are able to stand up because they clearly haven't been able to in the last five years.
2: Right. Uh, stay on the topic of and we'll move on, but what concerns me about this game, we've talked about what K-State can do. What about OU? Will there be a letdown after the dominating performance in Lincoln? Will there be, you know, coming down, beating their chest, go, now everybody's looking at us, now everybody's talking about us. If we went up there and we just pulverized this team that we should have with an interim coach, la la la, will there be a letdown? We've kind of seen that in the past too.
1: If those guys truly mean what they say when they say they'd run through a brick wall, for Brent Venables. Then the answer to that question will be no. Because you don't think this game doesn't mean something to Brent Venables? Yeah. Against this opponent, right, played there, coached there, has all the utmost. So you see the story about Snyder? So he called Snyder last week for some Nebraska tidbits. Snyder calls him back after the game, "Hey, congratulations on 3 and 0. Get you another one next week." And then like an hour later, he texted back said, never mind, not next week. Yeah. Get your fourth said, win the week after. Yeah, <laughs> not against K-State. So, and, and he said, of course. you well, expect yeah. nothing different. loyal to there, yeah. But course. if those, guy, those guys have to know in, the, in that locker room at OU how much this game means the first time on the field as a head coach for Brent Venables at a place where, I'll be honest with you, I always thought he'd be the head coach.
2: At K-State? At K-State. That's, I yep. always did. Yep. I always
1: thought that seemed like a natural spot for him to go. He never did. Had of course, opp- now, I'm sure he had the opportunity. Oh, well, you know you they, they asked him. The, oh, of course, you know before they, did. they
2: hired climbing you know they're calling him. Oh,
1: every time that Snyder left, you know they asked him.
2: And we wanted it for him, right? Yeah. All, all OU fans wanted it for him, even though it probably would mean
1: playing against playing him. against them, yeah.
2: which that would have been I mean, so to scary. Your, <laughs> to answer your
1: question, I, I don't think so. Be, uh, I think that's a huge part of it is those guys – Uh, really uh, taking a liking to him, taking a a respect to to what Brent Venables is doing and and the family atmosphere that he's created. I feel like that is a huge motivating factor for Oklahoma in this game is to not let their coach lose to his alma mater. mater. Where
2: he cut his teeth, absolutely. Uh,
1: Elsewhere around the Big 12, right quick, Baylor and Iowa State. Uh, Man, this is an interesting one to me. Iowa State got that Iowa monkey off their back. Baylor hasn't looked very good offensively. Iowa State's been as good a defensive team as there's been in this conference since Matt Campbell has got there, consistently playing good defense. I'm not sure, even though they lost a four-year starter at quarterback, I'm not sure Iowa State isn't better at that spot with Hunter Deckers versus, you know, with Brock Purdy, yeah. when Purdy was good, he was really, really good. When it, Purdy was bad, he would make turnovers to, to completely kill the game.
2: He was uh, kind of like Sanders, but times 10. Yeah, He, he would make – I mean, it would kill the game. It yep. would be I mean, game-winning drive turnovers, stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I'm interested to see how this uh, one turns it, was out. Was Decker
2: like a four-star guy? Oh, yeah. He
1: was a huge recruit. Yeah. Huge recruit. And, and he came in you know, last year in Norman when Purdy got hit, that huge hit, came in at the in, in the third quarter, kind of led the comeback start of it that Purdy picked up the torch, almost got it done. But once again, down inside the red zone, turnover to lose the game. This is an interesting one to me because I think Iowa State – was kind of that team, a little bit like Baylor was last year, a forethought, an afterthought in the preseason, beat Iowa, win this one, all of a sudden the Cyclones are riding high I, I like for the rest of the year.
2: I like them like in this one, like something 23-20, 2017, 20, 20, something like that. I think it's going to be a defensive battle because yeah. I don't think Baylor can move the ball, but I think they can play defense. Yeah,
1: Baylor, man, talk about losing the shine. It, it, it just feels like they're just waiting to be knocked out. Yeah. with oh, and, Like OU and, last year. We just and maybe not. Loss. <laughs> and maybe, maybe the, the, maybe not, the trust yeah. shaping, and, and, and he'll show what he could – I mean, Miranda's a good coach. we got to remember what happened in the, in the first half of that Big 12 title game last year. He started out like 11 of 11, 12 of 12, against that vaunted Oklahoma mm-hmm. State defense. Right. Uh, also down uh, Longhorns of Texas going to Texas Tech. It kind of sounds like Quinn Ewers, might they Why? want him
2: back they want him back
1: before before dallas they don't want him to
2: come that the first game back versus ou and they want him back so there's i guess there's talk that he's been practicing now okay they got this game they play next week
1: west virginia
2: okay they have the opportunities in texas tech um but man you don't want to force it though
1: no it kind
2: of feels I, like a Sam Bradford situation, well, like where they kind of—and it's not as a s- severe injury—but it kind of felt like when Bradford was forced back too early, and then the rest is history. Um, you don't want to force it, but I'm interested to see who takes the snaps. And Tech is playing with a backup quarterback too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: Donovan Smith.
2: Yeah, they've sold it out though. They've sold it out there in Lubbock. That's never a picnic.
1: This is going to be one of those where it starts out. Tech might even start out ahead. And a little bit like what happened last week for Texas. Got behind a good team, and then eventually... Pulled away. They pull away. That's right. what I think's going to happen yeah. here as well. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll hit what's around the country. Some intriguing matchups okay. across the U.S. of A. Also Aaron Judge. Will he do it against the Sox?
2: That's uh, all he's waiting on, right? He's just waiting. They played him last night? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Will it be against yeah. the, the Sox? We're wrapping it up here on a... Financial Friday with Scott Garrison next.
0: Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018 and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a of their savings, or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside this specific states referenced cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice (laughs) the
2: skinny on
1: sports welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal wrapping up a financial friday with garrison financial scott garrison there at garrison financial he can build uh you a plan for you to manage your investments, if you're one of those people that likes to watch the market and move things around, he can build you charge you hourly to build a plan for you to manage, or he can manage your investments for you. Uh, and he also loves to work with your accountant to streamline the tax ramifications and the returns for all the investment stuff that you're doing uh, with him. Scott at SoonerWealth.com. Uh, also, you can uh, find his office down there, 124 North Main Street in Elk City. That's the southeast corner of 3rd. And Maine. Also, don't forget, you've got about uh, 25 hours before your picks are locked in. The Western Oklahoma Realty College Pick 'em Contest. Week four. Maybe the hardest. Last week was pretty hard. This week is uh, getting, they're progressively getting harder uh, to pick these games against the spread. Uh, so, uh, ESPN's website, as everybody knows. Probably still not too late. Boy, if you're really good at it, you can catch up after missing three weeks. You can catch me. You, you can catch Jared easily. He's only won like four games. So, <laughs> you know, ten and 10, a 10-0 and 0 week and all of a sudden, whoop, you're right in front yeah, of Jared. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so, uh, make sure you get your picks in. Western Oklahoma Realty. People before property is their motto. Tyler Harrison and Robbie Allen and all the gang down at Western Oklahoma Realty. 225-6271. Are things falling apart over there? I'm just trying to relax. You've got it done
2: cause I right. see what are our weekend plans?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. We're not talking about that. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Okay. Uh what do you like around the country today uh in college football tomorrow?
2: Uh a Duke at Kansas. They're selling out over there in Lawrence. Still think game day should have been there. I think I'm not the only one. Uh, Starting to pick
1: up street I mean, Jim kind of laughed at you on Monday and then I heard him bring it up as like, "Oh, and of course he brought it up to Trammel cuz he knew Barry would love such an idea."
2: Uh, why not? You don't have a lot of opportunities to go to a place like Lawrence no, for football. So
1: And they anyway. could have had like a bas- they could have had like Duke and KU scrimmage at basketball at the halftime.
2: Who would be the celebrity picker? Who do you think? Obviously it's the one there's one it's obvious. It's got to be Bill Self, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, satellite in uh um Krzyzewski? Yeah, you know, he's retired, K? He's not doing anything. Anyways, that one Clemson at Wake Forest is intriguing if Clemson continues to struggle uh, Wake Forest has an opportunity. The game day game, Florida at Tennessee. Uh, yeah, know me, I like the Vols. This is a statement chance for a statement game for them if they could pull it off. Uh, the neutral site game, Arkansas A and M uh, in Jerry World. Uh, and, um USC at Oregon State, I don't know why everyone thinks this is going to be a good game. Me personally, I think USC wins easily, but something about it and something about Vegas that keeps drawing the line down. All the money is coming in on Oregon State. Why? I don't know. So I'm going to tune in to find out. Actually, I probably can I don't know if I get the Pac-12 network. But be paying attention to it. So those are games I'm looking at. How about you?
1: Uh, all those, Oregon at Washington State. Another. It's kind of interesting. The two the two big dogs in the Pac-12 or what we think are the big dogs. Utah as well. Uh, but two of those guys going on the road to undefeated teams. Oregon at Washington, Washington State. And as you mentioned, USC at Oregon State. I'm also interested to see. Listen, Michigan's looked awesome. But who have they played? They played nobody. You want to talk about a bad schedule? They have played nobody. Maryland comes in there. The Terps are three and as well. They were kind of a little bit of a dark horse type pick in the in the Big Ten to be uh, have a good year and be better than what people think. Uh, can can the Terps give Michigan any type of game inside the Big House? The, the big noon kickoff at eleven. I'm interested to see where that goes. I think Baylor Baylor and Iowa State. We already talked about that one, but that's a, a really intriguing yeah. game to me and down in Jerry World, Arkansas and A&M. It's yeah. kind of
2: a nasty robbery. rivalry. A little bit it yeah. is,
1: and and this is a chance for A&M to, to get back into the national consciousness after that upset loss to App State. Beat Miami in an ugly game on national TV uh, last week, but it was a game that they won. Now can they go in um, and figure out a way to beat the Arkansas Razorbacks, or does Arkansas win... And then I guarantee you where game day is next week. And it'll be in Fayetteville, Arkansas, with the Crimson Tide rolling in.
2: And Arkansas hasn't exactly looked great either. They had to come back to beat uh, Missouri, Missouri State. State last week. They put a
1: pretty good whipping on South Carolina. Cincinnati was a back and forth. They controlled that game, most of it. But they, you're right. I mean, I think it, it's the more Missouri last State, week.
2: I don't know where they're looking ahead. They think it's Missouri State, it's the old ball coach. will have no problem with them. Missouri State clearly came in inspired and winning one for the Gipper. So, but Arkansas should be beating teams like that easily, especially at home. But I think it might be a little case of looking ahead to this game. Yeah, and it, it, it may be the same thing. I don't know. No, nah, no, nah, I, I say I don't think so. I think they're focused on trying to beat Miami after getting embarrassed by App State.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think their look ahead game was App State.
2: Yep. Yeah
1: and uh, jumped up and bit him. The, the only other thing outside of football, obviously, the NFL week we talked about yesterday, um, last night's game, it's amazing how fantasy football works. <laughs> I mean, I was mad as I could possibly be at what was going on. And then the Steelers throw it to fryer a couple of times on that field goal drive, and then they try, and then they fumble the game away at the end, and I get a defensive touchdown for absolutely no reason. And I'm riding high, baby, right back in the game. That's, that's, <laughs> the last two minutes of that game, I went from two points to like eighteen.
2: The fantasy football karma gods. I, and I, I, asked
1: for it on our group text, <laughs> and by golly, boom, there it was. Uh, so that was last night. the The Browns, the Browns should be two and one uh, with that ridiculous loss to the Jets, but they're not because they're the Browns. Uh, but the other thing in um, in in sports is going to be Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge inside Yankees Stadium with the Boston Red Sox in town. The four-game set started last night with the Yankees winning in walk-off fashion in 10 innings. Now, 16 walk-off wins for the Yanks. It's up there with the most in a while. Um, but Judge tied with the babe at 60. Looking to time Maris's record. You know what was cool last night, Jared? What's that? The Maris family was in attendance. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, they – they were a big part of, of what happened back in 1998. You wonder how much better they feel this time around about the guy that might break it, being a Yankee, doing it inside Yankee Stadium. Yeah. you know, I, I wonder if their emotions are a little bit different this time around than what they were the first time when dudes had watermelon heads and biceps the size of, of mm-hmm. Lincoln's when it clearly they weren't the ball player that I'm sure that those kids think that their dad was.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I that'd be neat. I hope it happens. hope we see it this weekend. And, I, mean, and I hope we have the opportunity to see it.
1: Well, guess what? You mentioned that in the last two days. All of a sudden, the, the Yankee game against the Pittsburgh Pirates showed up on ESPN Plus on Wednesday. And, oh, by the way, they the coverage came across ESPN to every at-bat then last night all of a sudden fox has a game of the week on a Thursday night <laughs> and of course it's Yankees Red Sox so i i think you're going to get a chance to see it one way or the other you know what i mean mm-hmm. for the we've been begging for for this to to matter and finally the last couple of days it has uh, it, it took the 60th home run for people to start uh, and tvs to start paying attention but i think i think you're going to have the opportunity to be able to see it when it happens um live on on television somewhere and not just the yes network you know what i mean i think i think you're finally seeing uh espn especially start to uh start to pay attention to this thing the way that it needs to be paid attention to
2: oh in the show and some trivia you mentioned walk-off wins in a season you know what the record is
1: i'd seen 17 for something
2: you're close it's 18 18 1959 pirates
1: Maybe 17 was the most in a Yankee season.
2: That is correct. 1943 Yankees had 17 walk-off wins. And right now the 2022 version is at 16.
1: I've got something for you too, All right. All can I can look at ESPN stats and info.
2: I'm not looking at ESPN. Go ahead.
1: What is the longest span between a player hitting 60 and 61st home run? There's been seven seasons where a, where a player has hit 61. Mm-hmm. What was the longest span in between number 60 and number 61?
2: Is the span measured by games days.
1: or days? I'm, I'm talking days. Two weeks. Four days. Oh, wow. Who was it?
2: I don't know. Who was it?
1: The first one to hit 61. Oh, really? Roger Maris. Really?
2: I wonder about now that he's aware, more aware, and the country's more aware. Is that a thing?
1: so he hit – when did he hit 60? Was that Tuesday? I believe so. So Wednesday, Thursday, this would be three. Yeah. I I remember it happening quick with McGuire and so you know, that they were playing each other, and it seems like Big Mac had about five home runs in that three-game set (laughs) to go from, hey, this might happen, to holy crap, it just happened. Yeah. I hope he does it. I hope he does it in in Fenway – or in uh, the Yankee Stadium against the the Red Sox. It's just a cool – Makes the story cooler, right? If he does it against the the hated Red Sox?
2: Yes. By the way, if you have Apple TV, the game is free tonight. From the MLB.tv app on Apple TV. Or Apple TV Plus, excuse me. It is free. If you have the Apple TV Plus app on Roku or whatever, you can download that. to where they put all their... Shows like Ted Lasso and stuff. You can watch that for free. Friday night baseball on Apple TV Plus. It is free tonight to watch the Yankees and Red Sox. That's awesome.
1: Merritt at
2: Moreland. So my dad might be calling
1: me wanting yeah. to know how o'clock. To it. <laughs> Hollis seven o'clock. By the way, it's a little tidbit. Oklahoma's record in the Big 12 in the last decade against the Big 12 teams. Kansas 10-0, Texas Tech 10-0, West Virginia 9-1, TCU 10-1, Iowa State 9-2, OSU 9-2. Texas 8-3, Baylor 8-3, Kansas State 6-4. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.
2: That ball is blistered to right! Way
0: Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018 and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Security is offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member of FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.